live on Junkhead. We've got Karen from Cincinnati. How you doing, Karen? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am superb. I mean, hanging out, Rita's being cute. She is being cute today. Yeah. Got to bully somebody on the pod earlier today. (laughs) I'm really excited to check that out. It's a good one. I'm pretty stoked about it, too. It's one of those things where I kind of would put it in the uh, similar equation of a lion playing with like a Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much fun. It is too much fun. Um, and yes, audience, Junkhead Nation, I am aware of how evil that makes me sound, and I don't give a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Karen's pretty cool. She, not only being longtime Cincinnati resident and, you know, a frequenter of punk rock shows in Cincinnati and all over this uh, wonderful little nation of ours. She's uh, also in the medical field. So, you know, here on Junkhead, we definitely like to talk to people from all different types of medical field. You know, any of that era seems to be really good for this show, whether it's the lady who... This was such a... I've shouted it out so many times. I'm not going to go into depth in it because I don't want to bore the listeners, but the lady who... (laughs) does cocaine for medicinal purposes like she got into a car accident and like instead of like taking opiates which make her drowsy which is totally understandable she just went the hard opposite way and just started she's like like you don't understand her phone died right before she was about to show me what she freebases out of like was she even hurt in this accident? According to her, she receives sustainable neck injuries, and that like really messed her up because it basically made it to where it was hard for her to get out of bed. Um, so she started uh, doing <laughs> cocaine, if you will. So like like a pick me up, like something yeah. to help you. You're not a coffee drinker. I get it. Yeah, pretty I, much. Yeah. Like, you, you, I've you, had those days. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, no, nah, I don't want the Java bean. I, uh, I want. <laughs> I want the cocoa bean. You <laughs> feel me? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking wild. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting too because, I mean. I I know so many people who, you know, totally require that morning cup just to kind of get them going, get, you know, get and I when I was like in the workforce a little bit more permanently and not being a government trust fund baby, I was definitely a a drinker of the joe. I loved a nice cup of joe as as they say. Mm-hmm. But that like cocaine build up and like energy boost like like th- that fucking line that biggie small says in uh i think it's 10 crack commandments where he says that bitch can suck a dick and hook a good steak up <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the realest things i've ever heard oh, my God. <laughs> oh lord he what? did yeah he, he knew what was up yeah, I. 
So, yeah, I, I totally get that then. Because, like, I mean, if she was seriously, like, hurting and, like, really fucked herself up, she would be relying on, like, you know, Percocets and pain pills. Yeah. But if she's not really hurt, you know what I mean? Just like you said, yeah, I get that. <laughs> For sure. Well, and, and, and she kept, like, it was one of those interviews where things keep getting revealed. I'm sure it's a lot like when you work in like the nursing home or just nursing in general, where like, I'm sure like you start out with like in one area with like a patient. And then by the time all of like the bullshit gets out and like what's, you know, what's up actually comes to the surface. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those situations as well. I can, you know, I'm sure that at a certain point, these people, you know, they they do are doing the best that they can with what they got. Right. Now, with that being said, it is cool to be like Richard Pryor with your drugs. <laughs> I I mean, and to be enthusiastic about it, mm-hmm. like just like, no, nah, let me show you my rig. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, I'm. Surprisingly, there are a lot of residents I've taken care of that choose not to take a lot of narcotics or, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of residents who like holistic routes and then there's a lot of residents who just get like their vitamins plus like maybe a few like, I don't know, it's Tylenol aspirin aleve those things you know um and then their diabetics all like give them their insulin or metformin whatever they take um but that you have a few of your like drug addicts you know those little bugaboos that be coming up to my cart right at seven o'clock i haven't even got report yet you know hey hey karen can i can i get i'm like hold on i'll get to you you know because they want that two-hour fix and it's sad you know what i mean but if they're prescribed to it i have to give it to them wow what a what a wild uh loop that those drug companies have kind of created with oh, all yeah. that shit fucking have you ever seen uh, a scanner darkly uh, that sounds familiar but no it's like got keanu reeves uh robert downey jr and woody harrelson and it's like a, it's like a it was originally shot like as a normal film, but then they animated like the film footage. So mm-hmm. they turned it into like an animated movie, but it just, it, it makes me think about that situation, your situation, because in the movie there's like a massive drug epidemic where like people keep popping these pills and just getting high as fuck off of them. Mm-hmm. And then they naturally have to go to some type of rehabilitation clinic and you find out like spoiler alert for the pod. Sorry. Uh, but you basically find out in the movie that the drug company that made the drug that everybody is getting high on also runs the rehabilitation clinic. So they're just kind of like, and like one of the jobs in the rehabilitation clinic is to pick the flower that's processed for the drug. So it's just like this big loop. Oh, yeah. Like. And it's just like when when people hear like a nursing home, they just think of this one, you know, big facility. They don't think that 
that facility has like eight other sister facilities that are all run ran you know by this big corporation you know it's it's a business unfortunately just like jails and prisons you know what i mean and you have your 40 to a couple hundred bed facilities you see them on every single corner you know and it's sad it's sad to think how many uh facilities have a number of heads and and the and the money that they're charging these people like you know my current job it's a private payer nursing facility so they don't accept medicaid medicare these people well off you know saved every penny they had in the you know back in their day um and so they have the money their families are well off and they're able to provide for that but these motherfuckers are paying anywhere between three to like 10 grand a month that's so here's your check you know every month i mean it cost it cost my residents between four to eight hundred dollars just for me to give them their medication we actually have a few residents who who are you know 100% with it oriented cognitive you know cognitive enough to make decisions they actually take their own medication at night they don't abuse it like you have to go under an assessment you know you can't be a drug addict you can't you know and that saves them $400 a month jesus yeah wow it's, people don't like even PT care, um, the people that are taking care of you, that's like $500. And that's why it's crazy to me that you see people that don't give a shit about residents or patients. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, you're getting paid shit pay. But think about the money that these people are paying to have that care. And they're not getting it. Oh, that's that's terrifying to think about. And it, it it brings me to this question. You know, obviously, I know that, you know, you you might not know all the ins and outs of it. But like, you know, you brought up something in there that I kind of wanted to like kind of dissect, if you will. But like, you know, like it takes like what was it like four hundred to eight hundred dollars every time that you give out, you know, your medication to these patients like obviously these uh you know the space is pretty marked up and like all that stuff like it just i don't even know if it's really a question as much as in like or maybe it is but it the way that the medical community marks up things at like a rate that even like people in retail would kind of blush at where i mean they're there is no value inherently to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially like the products. Cause like if you go to like another country that has like a, a, a you know, a national healthcare system, like, like England or something like with the NHS, mm-hmm. you know, you don't pay money for your healthcare. They have, you know, perfectly fine healthcare. People are getting taken care of, you know, I've, my grandfather, when we went to vacation, was so fucking funny. He was on dialysis. So every country that we went to, we had to literally participate in each country's healthcare system to, in order to get my grandfather, like, dialysis care because his kidneys. Like, we literally took this dude, like, 
uh, like at a point when he was like on dialysis like three days a week and he wanted to go to Europe before he died. So we took him and, you know, had no issues. Um, hilariously enough, um, I almost got raped by an Italian doctor doctor in Rome, but that's a different story to different day. Um, yeah, that, that I was like I was like a young American boy. And we, my dad and I were like sitting in the lobby of like this like place. It's like a hospital with like a dialysis center. And like this doctor keeps coming back out into the lobby. And I'm like tired because we've been like driving everywhere and like up all day, up all night. So I just found one of the benches. I just laid down on my stomach and I just took a fucking nap. And like my dad's like. Bro, he would just come out and just stare at your ass and just like lick his lips and do ass shit. <laughs> he was like, I have never been so glad to be like close to you to protect you as my son because like that man would have done unmistakable, horrifying things to your anus when you were like. You, and you, think of how tight your anus is at that age. <laughs> I, I did yeah yeah i was <laughs> i was nubile at best like a uh, fucking hairless yeah i was de- i was full twink mode for sure full twink mode for sure but like i guess back to like the the nursing home thing it, it really makes you think you know and i don't expect you to know the answer to this but like i would love to know like Okay, uh, obviously, like, these places are buying it in bulk, and that's why, like, they're, you know, the prices are low. But, like, one, how much bulk are they buying? Two, it makes me wonder, are they buying in bulk and then doing the way, like, kind of like restaurants do, where, like, a main company will buy a bunch of shit in bulk and then that company will sell to the individual franchise restaurants? And there will be, like, that three-way of, like, business because we love business in this country. Um, or, and then and, and another thing, like, with that being said, the bulk idea of buying in bulk, you know, what is, like, the individual, like, one pill or one bottle of pills, you know, one bottle of amoxicillin? Like, I, I pay, actually, a lot of times... I, I usually have insurance, so I think it's free. But I remember one time I didn't have insurance, and I paid, like, $11.24 for amoxicillin. And, like, it just kind of, like, makes you wonder, like, what's the wholesale pill price list look like? It it does, obviously, depend on whether or not you have insurance. Yeah. Um. For an example, so I had, this was before I had insurance, and it was my first nursing job back almost 10 years ago, and I was working part-time. Um, it, like, I, I didn't even know if I even wanted to start nursing school yet. Like, I just started, I got into that field as a caregiver, you know, before I became a nurse aide, and I was working a 16-hour shift, and I didn't have insurance, you know what I mean? I was perfectly content with what I made bi-weekly, which wasn't much, but I also had a roommate at the time. But anyway, long story short, I ended up passing out at work. I worked at Some Haven. It was back in... Oh, shit. 2014, 2013. And 
and I didn't even really like I remember that day I didn't even feel ill like I remember like okay so nurse Dabby if you're out there Hawa she was my nurse and I remember her asking me Karen why are you limping I was walking down the hallway and I was like what are you talking about I didn't even know I was limping and I passed out I remember I woke up in the back of the ambulance truck and I was just thinking to myself oh my god like I don't have any health insurance scary and Jesus I'm not sure what it is now Cincinnati Ohio but uh <laughs> back then an ambulance ride to the hospital was about almost a thousand dollars yeah it ship is shit isn't cheap at all and when I got to the hospital, like, I didn't even know what was going on, but I was in pain, like, whole bodily pain. Like, my back hurt. I had a horrible migraine. I didn't know what was going on. And long story short, short I had a cyst rupture on my ovary. Jesus. That's yeah, scary. Yeah, golf Whew. ball size cyst. Yeah. And Damn. That's massive. Yeah. And so I guess it had been ruptured for a while and that probably explained to me limping um i didn't really pay attention to my health you know what i mean i'm working but long story short i owed anderson mercy hospital hella money like five grand for all the tests um they they couldn't do surgery because the cyst ruptured it was just all you know what i mean um but I remember just telling them, like, I don't have insurance. But so they worked with me, you know what I mean? On the back of that paper that, you know, you get, you can, you know, get some type of help, you know what I mean? But, like, I didn't have any money at that point because I had to go on three weeks of FMLA. Like, everything that I worked hard for the last two years, all my hours went straight to cover my rent and shit for, like, a month. Um, But anyway, long story short, I owed them a lot of money and then on top of that all my medications that I got I got prescribed Percocet you know what I mean which we talked about this earlier but I'm not a big pill head I don't I don't like downers you know that's not my drug of choice all about that weed she's a purple kush blower Love purple kush blower <laughs> uh, and for those of you who are like oh my god Karen like but what about your job you know how many nurses I know that smoke weed I ain't gonna snitch on them, but there's a lot of people out there that smoke weed. They're in the healthcare. That's field. a pretty intense job for like somebody yeah. not to have like. Oh yeah, we all have our fucking issues too as people, and we smoke weed, we get drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> you but, sounded so badass. <laughs> like, like you sounded like the coolest nineteen year old. Like, nah, we got our issues, but we smoke weed. We yeah, get drunk. Like, you know, yeah, I mean? our parents are mad. We don't give a. Fuck, but dude. we're also very professional and we know not to do that shit in the yeah. workplace. Yeah, of course. But so long story short, I had to have a whole <laughs> bottle of Percocet. I think there was like 20 pills in there, 20 to 30 pills. That bottle cost me like $48. Jesus Christ. With and if I had really like good insurance that I have now through Aflac. Um, if I needed a bottle of Percocet, it'd probably cost me like four dollars. You know what I think about all that? Bullshit. One bullshit, 
two oxycontin xanax bars percocets, percocets and lower tabs values morphine tabs and then and then what you want what you need hit, hit me, me up, up i got, got you man yeah scarecrow scarecrow what you <laughs> a powerful pill they call the oxycontin <laughs> i love little white by the way that took me back to like 2006 oh didn't he have that song where he's like talking about tripping on acid too I'm on acid <laughs> yeah I think that was the Doubt Me Now album. Dude, that was that whole lane of like 2005 to like 2008, like rappers that were white that came from the 3 6 Mafia camp, like Paul Wong, Lil White, and shit like that. To a certain extent, like, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, Riff Raff. Riff Raff, ew. (laughs) God. That nigga ugly. It's okay, I'm allowed to say nigga, I'm black. Yeah, yeah, G check for all the pod. Uh, uh, if, if if Karen drops A's or our hard R's, we are cool. It's okay. Out of respect, I won't drop the hard R because my best friend is not like that. <laughs> I feel it. Dude, you know, there's like this weird tradition because uh, Brian, my buddy from Texas, is like a huge black dude who's like into punk rock. He's like a drummer for a punk rock band. And like... I'm pretty sure multiple times throughout that episode, like we just have like a very friendly rapport and he's just like that dude, but he just would like, he called me the N word like three or four times, not like an aggressive way. He'd just be like <laughs> ninja man, you create or something like that <laughs> like, <laughs> to use the ICP like version. Here, we'll, we'll play it out. Nigga, you crazy. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, I, I've i been called, because we've had, like, uh, you know, Parker uh, and Z are, you know, young, fine black men from Atlanta, and uh, we've had Jordan on, who's, uh, you know, lovely young black man from Atlanta, too. Like, we've had, like, multiple black people, but I, I I've been... <laughs> been called that so many times i love calling white people <laughs> nigga you know it does make me feel like one of the boys <laughs> like, one of the niggas. <laughs> shout the out to my friend that. ethan martin <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you this quick little scenario of ethan my friend ethan drop martin. it he's a white guy he's a photographer here in cincinnati uh, mostly of like hardcore punk and metal shows yeah good friend of mine and uh He's chilling with me and my good friend Allie, who's black also, except for Ethan. He's white. And I'm filming because I'm always got my phone out, just putting shit on the gram. And I caught him saying, or no, I think I said it. I don't think he said it. Uh, yeah, I said it. I'm correcting that. I'm confirming that. Ethan did not say the N word. But uh, <laughs> Ethan, I say in the cool. background, just one of the niggas. <laughs> he is. And I, you are too. You're, you're my fucking homie. I appreciate that. Like I, I feel the same for you, Karen. It, it's. Uh, I'm so glad to have gotten you on the pod. And speaking of punk rock and metal shows, people involved in shows. You know, like I said earlier on the. In the introduction of you, you know, I said that you were definitely somebody that liked to get into, you know, everything that was involved with, like, punk rock. Um, I 
I have a weird relationship with punk rock. I I really enjoy it um, in certain aspects. There's definitely some bands that like I really love. You know, like those early Black Flag singles and uh, you know TSOL. Fucking um, fucking. I was talking to you about it the other day, but I totally forgot how fucking amazing the Cro-Mags album is. Oh yeah, that shit goes so hard, dude. Like, and like I. I, and John Joyce is a fucking man. He's a good ass dude, and I'm yeah. I'm thankful that my, my friend Chris Alsop, who books a lot of shows at Yacht Club, uh, he's booked Kermags at Yacht Club like numerous times, countless times, and so that's pretty cool. I I need to come down there and check that out. Mostly, great band. well, the Gray Band and I like, and they always so John when you know. When he's playing, he always, at the end of his set, manages to play at least three to four Bad Brain covers. Oh. Yeah. And it's like my, at, this is hardcore last year. He did that. And I fucking ran up to that fucking stage. And you can see me on uh, Hate Five Six YouTube uh, of last year for Curry Mag set. At the end, you see my little black ass moshing up there in the front to Bad Brain covers. <laughs> That fucking rules. Shout yeah. out shout out to that video right there. You all yeah. folks in the Junkhead Hate Nation go check six, that follow out. Follow him. He's awesome. Hate five six. Do you know Hate Five Six? Uh not personally, but a lot of har- people in hardcore and punk follow him because he's a big filmographer that oh. uh, I dig it. I yeah. dig it. His name's Sonny. He's he's cool. I'm trying to think like I I like for for new punk rock, I've been enjoying like ammo and the sniffers, uh, mortality rate. Uh, um, let's see here. Uh, to a certain extent, I kind of like. Uh, fuck, I can't even remember their name. Oh well, fuck it. We'll we'll move. We'll uh, forget about that. But there, I I find myself as I get older. I guess is the point of this. I find myself like not as close to the that scene or and like I, I've always been like somebody who's like interested in that but like never actually like went there and like actually like I've always enjoyed punk rock but I've never really hung out with punk rock people. And like it's not a judgment thing. Like mm-hmm. I have like like a lot of the stuff like I, you know, definitely enjoy you know, I, I definitely would never say that I have, like, a massive knowledge of it the way that I do, like, comedy or, like, uh, you know, like, hip-hop to a certain extent or, like, you know, indie rock or whatever. But, like, I do really enjoy it. And I really enjoy all those fucking babes. Oh, those yeah. punk rock babes smelly but they're, yeah. they're nice to look at i gotta say shout out to all the people listening there's nothing that gets my dick harder than unwashed armpits and feet Ew. no i'm just kidding i'm just ki- i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm like i'm literally sitting right next to you and i am judging you really hard right now <laughs> I <was> no <laughs> this no this all this culminates in is i I almost not even I can't even say I'm doing a character because he's a real guy. He's this guy named Josh Puhala. You can like check him out on like Facebook and stuff. I dox people all the time on this show. It's funny as fuck. Um, But 
he's like, you're not going to see it when you go to his Facebook mm-hmm. because he's gangster now. He dresses gangster. He He's like, actually, he might be hippie now, but for a while he was doing the like, you know, like baggy clothes. I'm kind of gangsterish dude, but like a gangster in like 2006. So it's just like, that's weird. It's very specific. But in 2006, actually, he was a crust punk kid in oh small God. town Ohio. Ugh, crust punks. Like, I remember this. Is, these are some sample, like, and for the people who are listening who are punk rock fans, like, I'm sorry if I insult anybody that you like. I'm just telling you what he would say to me. But he would, like, come in. Because I had yearbook with him. Uh, strangely enough, he was in yearbook. Don't know why. Um, but he would come in, and he would always be wearing, like, jeans that were, like, black pants. Or not jeans, but, like, black pants that were, like, ripped up with, like, patches. And then, like, bright blue shoes with, like, leopard print on the top. And then, like, a punk band shirt. And then, like, a jacket with spikes. And the sh- jacket was always shouting out, like the casualties or like the damned or like oh he'd get into like like uh napalm death like kind of like the like super fast like death core like kind of like the narco punk kind of shit uh like uh early uh uh napalm death um i'm trying to think but just shit like that, like kind of like mm. not as like bigger like punk rock bands and stuff like that. But he would just he would he would name drop those bands, and I have no idea who he's talking about. So he'd be like, "Yeah, man, saw the fucking casualties this weekend. It was fucking sick. I moshed so fucking hard, dude." And then he would just eat a booger from his nose. <laughs> like, I will give him credit; he smashed this hot as fuck girl from my school like she was kind of loco i will like say that was she preppy she was she was she, she was more like indie rock kind of hippie style girl it was honestly like a weird pairing but the reason why she was about it about it my man's had a massive penis okay yeah. and i think that kind of sold the deal because like they really like they obviously didn't date like after that moment she kind of dates more like of that style of dudes but Mm. it's just like and i and it's kind of funny i know the dude that she dates now and i know that he doesn't have a big penis i used to play football with him (laughs) (laughs) i I, I, I seen it (laughs) i have seen it it is a very average white dick and like i i like puhala and i became friends at a certain point and like we hung out and like you know, it's just one of those things where I just I, I feel bad for that dude. I, I feel bad for that dude. <laughs> like, like <laughs> but who is the coolest band that you have seen, like here, there, anywhere? Like, anywhere? what was the best top five shows? Top five punk rock shows? Oh my god! Can I include a fest? You can include whatever the fuck you want. Man, there's so like like so backstory on me. I mean, I've been going to shows ever since I was like 13 years old, 12 and a half. I mean, and I pride myself on that. You know what I mean? A lot of kids nowadays, you see, show up at a show, they're 21 years old and seeing a hardcore show for their first time. Um, 
when I was that, like, you I know. I love how I'm, your parents, like, well, your dad, because I know you, but, like, just, like, the fact that you were able to, like, pull that off, because my parents were so Puritan, I'm very jealous of that. Yeah, and, like, and we, we're lucky, I mean, we're both 30, and so we're kind of, like, that last group of, you know, kids growing up in America where you'd see a lot of 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds going to shows. You know what I mean? And like, and especially in spaces that are not a bar nowadays, that's where you have your shows. And I'm so grateful that Cincinnati has, you know, a couple bars that are, you don't mind being at every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. That is like a, that is a really good point. I, Never have thought about that, but like all the shows I saw as a kid were in churches, basements, or like rec uh, centers and shit. Yeah. Like yeah, like VFW. Well, not VFWs, but like yeah, rec centers. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, because it's like for for where I grew up, it was uh, played against sports. Mm-hmm. They had like an area where they used to have batting cages, and they just were like, I guess we can put shows in here. Like yeah, okay, that cafes, battle of the bands. That's where I saw my yeah. first show. Uh, it was my first show ever. What and that? I'll I'll go ahead and list this as my one of my favorite shows. Back to your question. Um, it was seven a.m. and so my friend Jerry Westerkamp, who also sings in Vacation, uh, he went to Glen Estee, and I think he's like three or four years older than me. But I was in seventh grade and. My friend Chelsea and I were like, let's go stay after school, catch Battle of the Bands that they were having there. He had, like, your locals, 7 a.m., the Red Light Pledge, uh, which people that grew up on the east side of Cincinnati, you, you're probably familiar with those bands if you're around to see that. Uh, this is circa 2002. And I just fell in love with, like, the uppity, fast... You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be punk rock, hardcore, like, you know, indie um, or emo, but it could be like techno, house music, metal, jazz. Like, I like loudness. If it's not loud, I don't like it. And so, yeah, seeing 7 a.m. for my first time. I'm clipping that. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not loud, I I love that. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is that is so badass. It is like (laughs) that's cool. And so it started from there, and I've just been going to shows ever since. Which of course I took a about a three year, four year hiatus when I started nursing school. Literally had no life. But around 2014, I just kind of made my way back in there, um, which that happened. My friend Todd McGuire, who sings in Coelacanth, um, I took care of his grandpa at some haven back in like 2012, 2013. And I just remember, and some haven is like nested in old Milford, like little white conservative town on the east side of Cincinnati. Wasp Central? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I remember, and I was an aide at the time, and I just remember, like, walking down the hall, and I see this, I'm not going to call him a crust punk, because I don't know if he would like that or not, but <laughs> he's definitely, you see him, and you're like, 
oh, that's a punk dude. What's he doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And but I'm all about it because that's my shit. You know. What's this ruffian doing about? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, who the fuck? And uh, I find out that I was taking care of his grandpa, and like we had like a quick conversation, and I was just like, oh yeah, like you know, I used to go to shows back in the day, but it's been a couple years. You know what I mean? And he told me his band, and he told me about a show that was happening what, at what you call Last House down in uh, nor- near Clifton, Northside area. And so I caught their Last House show, Ooh. which I ended up seeing my friend Ving's band DSA at the time. Um, a couple Dick others. Suckers Anonymous. Death Sex Advocates, which I fucking miss them, man. I was a What's, what is it? De- D-Beat Punk, uh, DSA. Death... Death, sex, advocates. What's the last? What's the last part? Addicts. Ad advocates. Advocates. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I do like. I do like. That is one thing that I do really appreciate about punk rock is that there's so many like initial style bands that mm-hmm. it just is so easy for riffing. Like they covered a. Uh, T S O L L. T S O L. True Sex Old Ladies. <laughs> Yeah, they they covered a DYS Department Youth Services band. Yeah, band Wait, from, hold they're, on. They're, time out. Time out. Is that an actual punk rock band? Yeah, from that's, the eighties, like early eighties. That's which is so cool. my favorite style of hardcore. It's like that old school shit. But they there's a song <laughs> called Wolfpack. Yeah, and Ving covered that song one night at the Comet and. When I mosh and shit or sing along, I kind of like black out a little bit. And I don't do it often. <laughs> but if you're singing some shit that I like vibe with, like heavy, I kind of black out and do my thing, whether it's like singing along or like moshing with the bros. You know what I mean? That, I love it. But I sang along to that song for sure. And like, I was into it. I, I just have this lovely image of you just like eyes rolled in the back of your head in the middle of a fucking mosh pit just taking people out. And they're like, she's possessed. Like, like oh my God. She, she knows how to pogo in two step. The devil knows about punk rock. Okay, so I don't two step because I have huge tits and I am not going to embarrass myself while my 38. H's are bouncing around <laughs> in a mosh pit. I actually, I moshed once and my whole titty fell out in the middle of the yacht club. I think it was during Flesh Mother's set and it was really dark in there. Thank goodness. <laughs> Shout out to Yacht Club and Flesh Mother for the titty popping out. My whole ass tit fell out of my bra. I was like, oh awesome. shit. And I'm black, so that helps also. So like no one saw anything. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, fair. Um, I love how like I laughed at that, like it was crazy, and then by the end of it, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's the point. Okay, solid. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I think that that's something that's like really really powerful. I I mean, uh, so you've definitely seen, you know, you said the Cro-Mags. What other like iconic like punk rock bands have you seen, uh, you know, in your time as a concert goer or a show goer? Um, negative Approach. 
That's so fucking cool. They rule. So it was uh, about three or four years ago, uh, also booked Negative Approach at Yacht Club. And I was like, what? So like, like I get, like I said earlier, the whole 80s hardcore era, uh, American hardcore that erupted, Negative Approach being one of those bands that just traveled and toured with Black Flag, uh, Bad Brains, like all these great fucking band, society system decontrol, you know what I mean, that Boston straight edge shit, um, you know, so of course I'm going to fucking call off work, you know what I mean, fuck my residence, I got to see Negative Approach. Yeah. And John Brandon, the lead singer, great guy, you know what I mean, and he still has it, you know what I mean, these guys are like in their 50s, 60s now, and they're still fucking, That's they still have fuck. that teen hate angst, like, you know what I mean? Just that, oh, fuck yeah. I love it. That's um, fucking awesome. So, I love it when those old punk rock dudes still got it. Oh, uh, so another uh, band that I got to see was off last year at This Hell Is Hardcore. Yeah. Um, so Keith Morris, who also sang in Black Flag, uh, Nervous Breakdown. Yeah. He also is the lead singer of Circle Jerks. Is um, that their first single, Nervous Breakdown? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's fucking. They've had solid. like five, six different singers. Yeah, because like Morris in, being one of my favorite Black Flag singers. The one in uh, Decline of Western Civilizations, Ron Reyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty solid too. And of course, Henry Rollins is also my fave. But like, yeah. so I got to see Off and Keith Morris at the time last year. I think is he's sixty three at the time, maybe sixty four, and. He still has it. Like, I got to see him right up at the stage, and it was just awesome to see him perform, you know what I mean, aged like that. You know, people are moshing to it. Like, that was another band that I got to see that I liked. Um, another favorite band. Shit, there's just too many. I've seen so much. I can I can understand that. I, I often find myself forgetting concerts. In 2000, and I think it was four or five I rode down with uh, my friend Caleb Quails who I haven't seen that nigga in forever I don't know where he's at but he went to my high school and he was into like straight edge hardcore and he he could drive I didn't drive yet but we drove down to Florida (laughs) to Posse numbers and it's a giant festival of like straight edge hardcore positive shit down in Florida yeah that's cool and <coughs> I saw like Champion, who they're not a band anymore because of a certain situation. But like they were part of that like early like mid early to mid two thousands of like melodic hardcore when that kind of like I'm not gonna ask you to say the situation, but are we talking like a uh, like a like a like a brand new type of situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Just just to give like an yeah. idea. Okay. 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 Shout that out whole, to Yeah, that whole canceled type shit. <laughs> not canceled. not not going on record and saying like I'm a massive brand new fan just to give like the audience like a frame of reference just yeah. to, um And for the record, like I'm not even like 100 on what happened whether it did happen or not, but if there was proof and it did happen, fuck that guy. 
Yeah, you didn't. But you never should Sharon jamming out to Champion <laughs> was phenomenal. That was my prime into hardcore. Like I loved it. I feel it. You know. I feel it. So. And there was many bands sing that, you know. Yeah. That I've seen that were great. But I think my favorite bands that I've gotten to see, like my favorite shows, are the ones that I that are like well respected, popular hardcore bands. Not just hardcore but thrash. Seeing suicide I saw suicidal tendencies numerous times. Uh Cro-Mags. Um Dun 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 dun. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna actually like do that whole. Su- I I wanted to do that like uh, that suicidal tendencies song. Uh, I I might I might clip a certain section of that and put it like right here just because I I have such like a love for institutionalized by uh, suicidal ten- tendencies, but I also have. A real love for not institutionalize. What is the, I am so I apologize for the audience. I've done this like once before, but I might edit that out. But um, I cannot remember the name of the song. I I know it's like one of those things where he's like talking about mind control. Uh, oh. I know what the fuck you're talking about. They're fucking with me subliminally. Yeah, they're, they're fuck- fucking with me sub- subliminal messages. Subliminal messages. That's the one. That shit goes so fucking they're hard. They're fucking with me subliminally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've murdered a lot of cops on GTA to that. <laughs> I One would say that would be like a pastime of mine. Um, Just... Which we were we were going to do that, and we decided to. Pause. We're still going to fucking kill people on GTA. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. And get away with so much shit. Murder. <laughs> it's a gaming so system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for the record, legal disclaimer: we are not talking about real life. So please, white says males, if you decide to blow up a fucking school or a movie theater, <laughs> just play GTA Five, man. Like, uh, can get away with so much. And or at least develop sh- your strategy a little yeah, bit better. like, God. Idiots. Only white, only white men. You know, I hope, I really hope that um, we'll refer to him as my P.O., uh, if he ever has to listen to this and just hear shit like that, we're... Uh, I would never. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's just like you know, uh, one, I mean, uh, like this podcast is set up as like satire, so they really can't get us on anything, but it is also just kind of like, hey there, buddy. <laughs> hey there. Hey there. If 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 the the state pays you money to listen to this, I feel bad for you, my dude. <laughs> I, I feel this is probably not your thing, and like, but it's real shit. Yeah, yeah, and and like all of those bands that we talked about, they hate you. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> shit. They really hate you. They hate me because they ain't me. <laughs> and like, you're a, you you seem like 
Like, I, from what I've talked about to you, you seem like a nice guy, but, like, you know, you, you seem also like a product in the system, and I feel bad for that. Like, I, I feel bad for the people that, like, have to do that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, we shouldn't have, like, some form of, uh, you know, I'm not going on record saying that, like, we should completely abolish the police. I'm not saying that at all. Um, obviously, we should cure the corruption, but, like, my my, my dudes... You could always join the other side. And so me and my legal disclaimer, we are doing satire right now. None of this is real. (laughs) All right. So me and my best friend, Tyler, we actually had this conversation a couple nights ago um, about the whole like a cab thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And this and, and. Yeah. Fuck all cops. But also, you know what I mean, you're right, you can join the other side. And it's not so much, you know, quitting your blue life, (laughs) but, you know, take a hiatus and join us and, you know what I mean, fight for what's fucking right because that's what your oath is. And don't puss out the way Obama did because that fucking long-legged socialist bisexual didn't want to fuck him. So he like, have you heard about this? Have you no. seen this? What is that? So Obama dropped that book recently. Not to sidetrack us, we'll come back to it. Oh, we've sidetracked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, we We're, have we I'm have high. fun. We have I'm fun. Really high. Well, um, it's basically like the situation is is Obama wrote this book, and in the book he basically talks about. You know, I was super into like this like long legged socialist who was like a bisexual and I started like reading all of like this like left wing like 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 Marx and Foucault and and just shit like that. If I mispronounce that, sorry, people who are like left leaning. Um, I I'm sorry. Eat my dick. But uh um, he, he basically was just reading all of these kind of Marxist esque books and the girl basically kind of cucked him. Mm-hmm. and was like, nah, I don't really, I'm not that into you. And because of it, he just threw out leftist politics altogether. Yeah. And, like, that's the re like, he, not, I don't want to say it's the reason, but, like, it's, like, one of the things, like, that you kind of pick up throughout the book of why he, like, became, like, way more of, like, a mainstream type of dude and shit like that, which is fine. Like, he definitely got his bag. I'm not hating on that. But it's also, like... I do love the joke premise of like, yo, Obama wasn't getting pussy from socialists, so he just threw it out the window completely. <laughs> like, he was just like, well, if she's not going to share the pussy, then I'm not going to participate in this stuff. I never heard of that. It's It's like a new thing. It just came out. Man. I have to look that up. It's it's pretty funny. Like, I, uh, you know, shot, I mean, no, I don't have that much hate towards Obama. My man's just out here trying to get his bag. I can't hate on that. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he did some, like, shady shit, but, like, every president has done shady shit. So, like, I don't really, like, hold it against him too much. And there were some really cool things. Like... I think, like, what he did for black America and, like, gay rights and shit like that was really cool. I do think that, like, 
he kind of ran on like this idea of like hope and change and really didn't like give any hope or change maybe a little bit of hope but not too much change and i think it like it's probably not a word but i think it made like our generation and the generation that came up in that time mm-hmm. ultimately very cynical of anything that like any person of any like not even political like stature but of anybody that like like the idea of like change and like believing that like the government will like will like get better like it just it left a very bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths because it just kind of felt like they like bought this thing and then it turned out not to be what they wanted and in his defense he had like a mostly majority republican congress had no like house like you know support or anything like that but i also do get like the idea of like people who were like very optimistic when he went into office ultimately becoming cynical at the end of it and i think that's what like became like made the burning crowd cuz yeah. a lot of those people are like ex obama people that just became fed up with like the Democrats, because, I mean, they suck. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, they don't suck any more than the Republicans. Republicans obviously suck more than they do, but the Republicans are brain dead. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're fucking stupid. Like, they're insane. And, like, it's just, it's it's a bad, it's a bad situation because I think that a lot of the things that we deal with right now are like I'll come at it in a weird angle. That sketch that I showed you, the Remain Indoors sketch where it's like the game show but it's in like post-apocalyptic times where mm-hmm. like something bad has happened in the world. I think that that was written during like the 2007 2008 financial crisis that's like a really old sketch and i think with all of that stuff that happened it just like int- it it just put this like mark on us and not maybe not us maybe it's like uh you know like people in our generation or younger generations maybe maybe older generations i don't know but I think that's why Trump was popular is because, like, it's not so much that, like, he brought anything new or was really going to change anything. He just didn't lie to people. And, like, not saying, like, that anything that he said was true, but he didn't bullshit them the way a politician does. So they just, it's like a car salesman, like Mm -hmm. giving like, yeah, the Nissan does get 32 miles to a gallon. You know, for everybody listening, you want the real truth. The real truth is everyone who voted for Obama, like you said, there was hope and there was change. There was no change, but there is hope that a black man could become the president of the United States of America. Yeah. And everybody who voted for Obama, including myself, that was the first time I got to vote, 2008, I voted because he was black. I wanted to see a black-ass president. 
You know what I mean? And so did everybody else. Did he change shit? No. Did he do some shit that I didn't like? Yeah. And probably a lot of Republicans, too. Uh, But the important thing that kind of outweighs politics, to a sense, and government, really, because we're speaking on behalf of us, middle class, working citizens, the most important thing to us is, like, society and like your social class you know what I mean and we all have a social class divide in this country you know what I mean we are not that one percent that makes hella fucking money you know what I mean that has this wealth and that like just to throw around with your family and shit you know what I mean we don't have that we work hard for what we have we don't work at all and we rely on the government um but with Obama, following behind Obama, you're starting to see so many people of color get into politics, get into the medical field, our lawyers, you know what I mean? And and that's becoming very popular the last 10 years after Obama. And like, you have your racist white Karens out there, which by the way, my name's spelled with a C, not a K. <laughs> Uh, not ironic. <clears throat> oh, hold on. T- pause real quick. Um, that speech was not me saying that I was pro-Trump, by the way. I don't want people to misconstrue that. I don't want people clipping that and trying to say they'll probably will anyways if oh, they yeah. do go after He's it. He's not a Trump supporter. Yeah, no. It's just like I know what he represents for. Well, and so in that and so, yeah, you had a lot of white people. Like, oh, oh, no, my doctor's black. Yeah. They, they don't want that shit. You know what I mean? They don't want to see black people moving into your suburban neighborhoods because we can't afford it and we also have great jobs, you know? And so here we have Trump coming out of the woodwork in 2015, 2016, who's very vocal about what he stands for and, like, you know what I mean? It, it, he, he drew a certain and type of crowd. Give him credit could occasionally be funny. Oh, yeah. Like the, the the Roseanne thing where like they were like they say basically were like you call women like disgusting pigs. And he's like only Roseanne. <laughs> like and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> only Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there, you know, there's people out there who fear him. And there's people out there who fucking idolize him. And there's people out there who just think he's a fucking re. You know what I mean? Like He's a he's the, the hard D. He's a hard He's the, the hard D R's. Yeah, like he's, he's fucking MRDD for a medical term if you want to I'm not going to say it because some of my favorite residents have MRDD but he's he's just he's dumb. he's an entertainer that's what he does you know yeah. he, he entertains and he's a celebrity and like I can't take him seriously like you know what I mean like he's yeah. just an idiot and I can't did stand I, him did I tell you about like the, obviously, it's cool to talk about this now that he's like lost the election and everything. <laughs> but uh, fucking, I remember watching a video of his where, I mean, it's like 
mid 2019, my man's just working the road doing like real estate zoning board convention of the United States convention, like one of those style talks. Like it's just like a conference for like the most obscure fucking like, you know, real estate business, you know, mm-hmm. jargon job, whatever the fuck. And he just comes out and he just like. He doesn't like, you know, my fellow Americans. Like, he, there's none of so that. Just like Obama. Yeah, no, I, I hit a really good note there. <laughs> um, but he doesn't do that. He just comes out and he just starts working the room, like the way that a club comic would. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh yeah, I, th- I, I've seen you before. You've held up a lot of my buildings. I know exactly what you're like. I know, watch out for this guy. He'll stop your work right there. He's a tough guy. I've seen, and you're just like. He sells. Yeah, the the kid sells tickets. The kid sells tickets. And, like, it's fucking ridiculous because at the same time, it's also one of the most frustrating things on the planet is to watch him. And I, I, I think he, and this is probably why he's not released any, like, medical records, but I, he's definitely mentally ill. Yeah, you know what I mean. So all you can that, imagine all that Adderall. His, yeah, like his personality. He—that's his personality. I, I take care of a couple of patients like that. You know, he just talk. And, and he's talk running and talk. on McDonald's and shit. Doesn't he, exercise. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the only thing that Trump has going for him is the fact that he's got a lot of money. Well, and like uh, he's going to be in a tough place because. We're going to close out the episode here with we're going to hit two two things. One, with all of this, the the election finishing up, um, I'm going to go first and I'm going to give my prediction of what Donald Trump's going to do over the next like three to five years. Hopefully kill himself. See, here here's my prediction. Here's here's. Here's my prediction. I don't think if the only place I should say that he has a chance of getting arrested at is New York because he's managed to piss off his home state. Like he's lost both elections in New York. They fucking hate him and reasonably so. But... You can bet your ass that he's not going to New York after this presidency. He's going to fucking Florida where he's well liked and nobody will. Fu- so it would become a situation where Florida would have to like basically allow him to be extradited. And that is I hate to say it, but this is how politics work. I almost positive that that's up to the governor Mm -hmm. because it's not a federal warrant because any federal warrant he can pardon himself because he's a president unless Joe Biden does something afterwards, which he Joe Biden might do that. Joe Biden might do that. Like (laughs) I hope somebody makes a movie about uh, the last four years. Oh, a hundred percent. It's got to happen. And like, in like 10 years from now, Oh, this is going to be all a movie, bro. It's going to be a good, it's either going to be a moody, Movie or a hell of an HBO series. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> you know I'm what I'm calling I, that HBO right now. Let's link up. Yeah. Let's let's start this. Let's screen 2016, 2017, 2018, and then two seasons for 2020. Or two thousand yeah, twenty nineteen and then twenty twenty. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. But yeah, like I agree with you. Well, let let me let me finish. Let me finish because I I'm not done yet. I so I don't think that he's going to get uh, any prison time. I don't think that that's going to happen. I I think I think that if it does happen, it will be it'll be a kind of a wild scenario because at the same time, like even though he lost the presidency. All those people that like work in like legal shit and like stuff like that, cops, lawyers, stuff like that, people who are like involved in the state, a lot of those people are Republican. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people like him. Like he had huge support amongst like, you know, like those types of people, you know. So I, I would be surprised if it happens. But what I do think is going to happen is I think that. He's not going to get any production deal from any mainstream company because everybody fucking hates him. And anybody that like signs a contract with him is automatically going to be like canceled. And like not even like I know canceling isn't even like a real thing anymore. But like it would I do think it would be. Ultimately, like not beneficial Mm -hmm. um, for a network to do that. So I think. If he does anything, he's going to try to start his own news network. And I think he's going to try to, like, maybe poach, like, people like Alex Jones and, like, the guy from, like, QAnon and shit like that to kind of hop on board. But after his little, like, beef with, like, Fox News, I think that that's going to be his, like, pet project. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. In order for his news service to work, it has to be picked up by a streaming service. Netflix, YouTube, etc. How much money do you want to bet that Twitter is going to ban his account not long after he becomes president? Because you know that they've been sitting there with their motherfucking finger over that button. They can't do it now because he's present. It's illegal. But it's. Yeah, it's illegal. But afterwards, after he's gone, you are allowed to, like, that. It just becomes a regular account. They, like, they're not allowed to, like, fuck with it. Or they're allowed, excuse me, they are allowed to fuck with it. So I think he's going to get blocked on Twitter. Or, or banned from Twitter, Twitter, I should say. Um, there is a chance, but I don't know. I think he might be able to stay on Instagram. I think that might be the only platform that allows him to stay on. Because I don't think he's like pissed them off to the level that he has Twitter. But, you know he's not going to give up this election nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to be a big part of his thing. And you know that YouTube and other streaming services are going to market as fake news and not put it up for availability. So he's going to have to go to Patreon. Pa- 
Patreon already kicked off Sargon of Akkad for dropping the N-word. True. You think they're going to take Trump? He's going to probably instead have to go to Gum Road. Which is kind of fun because the only other person that's like really huge on the Gum Road is Sam Hyde. <laughs> I am calling right now the potential Donald Trump and Sam Hyde collab. You know he would jump all over that shit. Oh if Donald God. Trump hit up Sam Hyde and was like, yo, we're going to collab. He's going to jump all over that shit in a heartbeat. It would like, I know it sounds insane, but like, think about it. It is like a legitimate course of action. The whole time we've talked about Trump, uh, I'm just going to say this quick because I know we're trying to wrap things up. You're but, good. Um, this is where Trump fucked up. Nigga, did you not think the whole spotlight would be on you? We live in a tech. We live in a world where like we can find out shit immediately. Might take a minute because you're Donald Trump, but we will find shit out. And if you were smart enough, you would have ran for president back in '04 against Bush. For think real. of the. We didn't have that big of social media. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Things were on such hush-hush back then, you could easily get away with shit. You know what I mean? Because you didn't have that spotlight on you 24-7. And your dumbass could have got away with a lot of shit. <laughs> and you oh, didn't. my God. I'm trying to imagine, like, the 9-11 era with Trump in office. <laughs> okay, we're going to war. Like, <laughs> and we would have gotten our... <laughs> Dude, it would have been legally okay to tase Muslims in the oh street. My, that would have been like a there, federal there decree. Been, there, there wouldn't have been any Muslim immigration <laughs> or like, like yeah, like they like, just all. It would have been bad for fellow brown people. Yeah, and I'm glad that it didn't get that bad. A hundred percent. Like it got bad and shit was not cool. But yeah, just thinking. Do you remember that Chappelle bit where he's like talking about like Muslims and he's just like, as a black American, I'd like to say to the Muslims, thank you for taking the pressure off of us. For oh, one. yeah. On the plane situation. <laughs> Shout like, out to the God. And, oh, Muslim. Like it, specifically brown Muslims because there are black Muslims. Yeah. But um yeah, y'all were niggas for a minute. Like, <laughs> sucks, huh? Like it, it, it's it's a shitty feeling, and and, and I'm not gonna say it happens to me a lot, uh, just because I dress punky sometimes, and I'm not your average, quote unquote, what you call racist, you know, idea called black girl. Uh, that would be kind of awesome if somebody like when you're wearing like that cute little like green tracksuit and like the Ramon shirt, and somebody's just like are you a fan of Allah? And you're like, where the fuck did you get that? Like, no, hey, ho, let's go. That's my thing. Right. I like that. Uh, not Alu Akbar. Get on the brat, nigga. <laughs> Alu Akbar is just 
Islamic beat on the brat. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so fucked up. That is so gonna, fucked up. That you is, saw me. I was about to. I was about to like. <laughs> I was about to sound it out. I was like, nah. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> oh god, this episode has been spicy all as fuck. All of my uh, nurse practitioner and doctors that I work with are all brown people, so I'm not gonna try to. <laughs> mimic what I think is gonna what Ramon sounds like. Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, I'll do it because I'm already canceled. All right. <laughs> um, so it'd be like, I, oh, let's go. <laughs> I, oh, let's go. Cousin to the J fine. It sounds almost like sounds like Rastafarian. Uh, yeah, it's I, I'm trying smoking weed. <laughs> well, I did want to do like the really, really bad one of like beat on the brat with a baseball bat, yeah. <laughs> I also like speaking of that. Like that's my favorite is like certain sections of like Mandarin Chinese because I, it just sounds like plates hitting the floor. <laughs> It's just like, bing dong, ding dong, ding dong, see, ba, da, dang. And you're just like, like, it's like a tennis ball bouncing in here. What the fuck's going on? Boing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Spicy ass riffs at the end of the podcast because we're real ass motherfuckers. Shout out to the boys meme club. Can I join you guys? I promise I'm spicy too. I'll have to uh, talk to my fellow boys about that. Talk to the fellas about I mean, that. You are a felon, so... Hell yeah. You fit right in with... Uh, Up and coming felon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll fit right in. Hey, maybe maybe I'll beat the and trial. Maybe, like, who knows? Like, You know, I'm the only girl in the meme club. That's awesome. There, we, we had about three or four... They're dumb bitches. But yeah, they're like except for my homegirls, Morgan and Chastity, they're pretty cool. But everybody else, yeah, they're just fucking dumb sluts. But uh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hit up the boys. You're funny. The boys. You, you meme always show me. I've so I've shared a lot of your memes you sent me in the meme club. <laughs> that got a lot of laughs. Laugh reacts. <laughs> so you might as well be in the meme club. I'm I'm very very okay with this. I'm very okay with this. Um, on that note, folks, Diamond Dick Long here, bringing up this horse to the edge of the pasture. It's coming up on the end of another episode. Hanging out in the holler with Karen. See a bald eagle. But he ain't, he's got an afro, so he ain't bald. That's a lie. He looks like Julius Irvin. Why in the hell is he carrying? Looks to be Kirsten Dunson. Andy Milanakis. I mean, she's got a couple of hits in the 2010s, but that guy hasn't been relevant in like 15 years. Jesus Christ. I should shoot him now so he doesn't have to look at all of his wavering interest in his Instagram post. No, I'm serious. People go to Andy Milanakis' page on Instagram. He's got like 
a bunch of followers, but then he'll get like a hundred likes on a picture. It's just like celebrity's a cruel bitch, isn't it? <laughs> but on that note, folks, Junkhead is out.